again, it's good to have everybody here today. Uh, want to wish everyone a happy Independence Day. It's just a little bit late, of course, but uh, certainly we want to uh, to wish everyone here and everyone uh, on the uh, Facebook and, and YouTube as well uh, a happy 4th of July. Our nation celebrated 244 years of independence and we are a free people. We have the freedom to choose most things. We are able to go anywhere we want, do pretty much what we want, think what we want, and, and even as we have seen, unfortunately, say what we want. And I've watched a lot of shows, a lot of news broadcast over the past couple of days, and, and one thing that is for certain, this is not a nation of perfect people. Only one person existed that was ever perfect, and that was Jesus Christ, and he was sent here to save us from an eternity separated from God. But certainly we are a, a nation of people that at one time in its history uh, revered God, revered his name, and tried their best to follow in his uh, ordinances. And I pray and hope that you will too that this nation again comes to that. Before, and I know it's unusual, if you would, and I'm going to, we're going to, at this time, we're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag, and if you're okay with sitting and doing it, I'm okay with that. If you'd like to step out of your vehicles and, and, uh, and stand as you do it, that's fine, but at this time, we'll, we'll uh, offer the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. The Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And God bless America. All right. Freedom. That's what we do this weekend. That's what we celebrate. And thank you all for, for getting out. And if you've got a lawn chair, you feel welcome to sit out here and enjoy this heat with me. Uh, it, it's reminiscent of the old days. Back when we didn't have air conditioning, the windows was open, uh, everybody had a fan and was fanning themselves, and I hope that we're able to get back in the building very soon. And as I mentioned earlier, we'll work on seeing uh, what we can do about that. We'll start Wednesday night, uh, have our Wednesday night services, and then go from there. But freedoms, we talk about the freedoms that our Constitution provides. Hard fought for, uh, men and women sacrificed, uh, in the early times for that, uh, during the Revolutionary War, and men and women still today are making the ultimate sacrifice to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States to keep our freedoms secure and safe. We should never forget their service. We should never forget their willingness to serve our country, even to the point of the ultimate sacrifice. But we're a little different country right now the time that we, we find ourselves in. Our greatest enemy is not from without, some foreign enemy on a foreign shore. But what we see, our greatest enemy today and the greatest enemy to our freedoms and our security is from within, from within its borders. The past few weeks we've heard politicians, protesters, rioters, the news media tell us that we are a nation full of racists and full of hate. 
And that's just exactly what they want the whole nation to believe. I believe that that is a lie. I don't believe that we are a nation full of hate. I don't believe that we are a nation full of people that only see color because I believe that we still have some semblance of that formation in God's word that he is a respecter of no person, whether you're bond or free, male or female, rich or poor, God sees a soul, and I believe that the vast majority of Americans see just a person. And I wish, above all things, that we would remove color being associated with being an American. Regardless of your skin color, if you're an American citizen, that should be the defining description when you say, I am an American. And I believe if we could get that uh, color association removed, we would be able to take great strides towards seeing the division, what division that there actually is healed in our nation. I believe it's important for us as Christians, the silent majority, to stand and no longer be silent. All too many years we have not voiced our opinion. We have not stood in the gap. We have not said enough is enough. This is the line that we shall not cross. What we have to remember is this. It may cost us a little something. It may cost us a job. It may cost us a friend. It may cost us a raise. It may cost us a physical attack upon ourselves. But I want to remind us, I want to remind everyone that is listening here today and, and on Facebook and, and on YouTube that if Paul Revere, Samuel Adams, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, John Hancock, and hundreds of others would have remained silent, we may still today be under British rule. We love our freedoms. As opposed to having them taken away, I want to continue to encourage you to voice, voice your opinion, voice your dissatisfaction with where we are as a nation. Write your congressmen or congresswomen, your senators, the President of the United States. Let your voice be heard or we will no longer be a silent majority, we will be an oppressed majority. If we as Americans hold these freedoms dear, then the sacrifices of the brave men and women who secures those freedoms, let us speak. Let us hear, have our voices heard. Because here's the simple fact. As Christians, we have freedom as well. And that's what I want to look at and talk about today is the Christian freedom. We have a little different view than the world has on freedom. And I'm going to, that's what I want to talk about and have that defined for us so that we can again get back to the roots of what made this nation so great and what will continue to make this nation the greatest on the planet and that it's ever been known. Turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 8. And these are words that you have heard and read yourselves. Jesus has spoke in chapter 8 verses 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And that holds true for us today. That if we believe on him and continue in his word, God's word, then we are his disciples. And that word is truth. 
And that truth shall make us free. The true freedom that we all that share in that. Now, in verse 31 we see continue. But I want us to understand something, especially on, on this particular weekend. We, we talk about our Constitution of the United States and, and the Bill of Rights that secures all of our freedoms, those uh, sacred documents that we have as, as Americans. But do we realize that this Bible, the Bible that you have in your laps or maybe on your telephone, uh, as you're going through this, do you realize that that Bible is a constitution and bill of rights all wrapped up into one, provided by God to us, so that we as Christians can have those same kinds of freedoms? And that's what we need to look at this thing, this Bible, this book, this word, this the word that Jesus says if we will continue in, that's how we need to look at that. Hold it as precious as Americans as we do our constitution. Hold it as revered in America as we do our Bill of Rights. So how is it that we continue in God's Word so that we may be found the disciple? Well, it's pretty simple. We see division has come because people have not stayed in the Word. And that's what we as Christians in the nation need to do. We need to get back to this simple precept that if we believe God's Word, that we follow God's Word and that we are identified of a disciple or a follower of God, that Jesus Christ is our Savior. And, the, and freedom and truth will always prevail when we have that as our guide. Now what is truth? Truth is that which agrees with the final reality of something. And I believe that many in our nation today believe that the words of God will not agree with the final reality. I believe personally that they will be sorely disappointed someday when that trumpet is sounded and Jesus returns. Now I want to look this morning at how that truth will set us free. In John chapter 17, if you'll turn in with me in your Bibles, we'll see that the truth is referenced many times in the scriptures. And the truth is always speaking in reference in some way to God's word. John chapter 17, verse 17 and uh, 18 and 19, Jesus says this, Sanctify or set them apart through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. God and his word, or the, tr the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it begins with God's Word. It's not fiction. It's not something that can be picked apart and chosen that I'll follow this particular part of it, but I'll discard this part. It's either all truth or none of it is truth. And that's what we have to stand. We cannot allow our faith and our values to become under attack because people disbelieve God's Word. People have disregarded and disbelieved God's word since it was brought forth. But it still holds true today. Jesus Christ, looking uh, back to the left just a little bit, John 14, verse 6. Jesus himself. 14, 6. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. That's pretty simple. Pretty easy to understand. 
And that's what we have to no longer be tolerant of. If we believe and are convicted that God's word being the truth, we can no longer say uh, that it's not the truth, that there is other ways to Jesus. There is there are other ways to God, and there's only one way, and that's through Jesus. And that helper, in verse 17, uh, if you look on down there after Jesus makes that profound statement, uh, there in verse 6, Jesus says this, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth within you, and shall be in you. Again, something, and for some reason, I, and I can't fathom why, we feel like that the Holy Spirit is something that we need to control in our lives. Jesus said he was sending them back, that God, the Father, was sending the Spirit as a helper to us, to help us through the difficult times, to help us to discern truth, to help us to be able to walk forward each day with great faith and serve them. Why would we ever want to try to control God's Spirit inside of us? Why would we rather not allow it to control us? What we say, what we think, what we do. Because that's why the Spirit was made available to us. We should be guided by the Holy Spirit in our lives. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And it also goes on to say that if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. So how do we prove that we walk in the Spirit each day? By displaying that fruit. And that's what I want to encourage all of us to do. We, that is the freedom that we have in God. We see people with great anger. We see people in despair and great need each and every day. Do we, do we display the spirit of love? Do we display the spirit of joy and in peace? Do we have the spirit of long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness, temperance? Those are the opposites of what we're seeing in our nation today. That's where Christians has to stand in the gap in the same way that the patriots stood in the gap whenever our freedoms were secured in 1776 in the war that followed. That's the way that men and women stand in the gap uh, whenever our nation calls them to go to war on a foreign shore. That's the way that the, the men and women of our law enforcement and first responders and health care workers stand in the gap each and every day because they have some of these fruits of the Spirit you do not put yourself in harm's way and not have love for one another. You do not go out and stand in the gap to provide peace if you do yourself cannot have peace within yourself. So let us always invite the Holy Spirit into our lives to be an influence so that we can influence others through that Spirit. And then the Gospel. The good word, the good news of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2. Verses 5 and 14. Paul writes here and says this, To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. And then on over in verse 14, he talks about this. He says, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter, Before them all, If thou being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentile, and not as the Jew do, 
Why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as we as do the Jews? Why would we want to compel someone to live or accept Jesus Christ to be a Christian, to live as a Christian, when we ourselves do not follow that same principle? And when we fail to allow the Holy Spirit in our lives, that's exactly what we're doing. The only way that people will be drawn to God, will be drawn to Jesus Christ as their Savior, when they see them, when they see Jesus living in us. And we know that the gospel is the way that opens that door. We know that the gospel that I am not ashamed of is the only way, the only thing that will lead man to salvation. So what does the truth do for us? It establishes a beginning for us. Ephesians uh, chapter 4 verse 15 says this, But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So we can imagine a small child, a baby being born. We always fill them with good things, the best food that we can buy, and make sure they have the nourishment that they need, all of the vitamins so that their bodies will grow. Why would we do anything different for ourselves as a Christian? Why would we fill ourselves with the junk of the world in order to try to produce something holy? Because the world itself is not holy. The people that are in it is not holy. The actions of men are not holy, but God is. Why would we put something bad into our souls expect to produce something good? So it establishes a beginning for us. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, we also see that it purifies us. 1 Peter 1, 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in what? Obeying the truth through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So it purifies us. And that's what we see as the product of putting the right stuff in. The right stuff begins to come out. And it sanctifies us. Back to John chapter 17. As uh, Jesus was talking about there. When he was in prayer. Uh, on behalf of his disciples who he had sent out. But look at 17, uh, 18, and 19 again and think about this word sanctify. Remember, sanctifying is setting apart for a special purpose. Okay? And that's what Jesus is saying. Sanctify them through thy truth, and thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And that's what we have to understand. We are sent into the world just the same as the, the disciples were sent into the world in Jesus' time. And we are set apart for that same kind of purpose as the disciples were sent apart. And Jesus goes on in verse 19 to say, And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. So that's why Jesus was set apart so that we could be set apart, so that we would be able to be a useful vessel to be able to be used in God's purpose. So God's truth establishes a beginning. It purifies us, and it sets us apart for his use. And then ultimately, ultimately, John chapter 8, where we began. And go back there with me one more time. And when you get discouraged, when you think that things are too difficult, 
when you think that you don't have the power or the ability to be pleasing to God, remember what Jesus said, John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciple indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Not imprisoned, not enslaved to sin anymore, no longer bound to be satisfying to those in the world, but only to be satisfying to God and through the Holy Spirit. And if you don't think people aren't slaves to sin, you turn your TV on. You turn your TV on and watch a new broadcast from around this nation and see what people are marching for, okay? They're not marching that uh, all people love one another. They're marching that we accept something that goes against God. Not only are they marching against love and peace, they're marching against the Word of God in many cases, that we support uh, alternate lifestyles. We can't support that because it goes against God's word. We as Americans can acknowledge they have the freedom to practice that, but we as Christians can never support that if we allow the Holy Spirit to reside in us. And that's a difficult thing. You've heard me say the past couple of sermons. There is a great difference in the freedoms that we have as Americans versus the obligations that we have as Christians. So what I want us to do is to be able to to be fortified with that freedom. Because here's the simple fact and what this nation has forgotten. Freedom to sin is not freedom. And we have to have a guide. And God's word is that truth. And God's word is that guide that will lead us to true freedom. Absolute freedom, as it says on our sign down there. Absolute freedom is only found in God. For a Christian, that's where freedom begins. God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the gospel. It ends with the establishment of the truth, purification, sanctification, and finally, that freedom. And Satan will not accept your freedom. Satan will be on the attack. Satan wants to put you back in the bondage of slavery, of sin. And he will fight you and try to keep you from declaring your independence from that or to get you to willingly give it up. And that's what we're experiencing today as Americans. We are under attack and because we refuse to speak, because we refuse to live out our convictions, those are being eroded and taken away. Decade by decade, we see an infringement upon the freedoms that we enjoyed as Americans based in God's word. When is it that we say enough is enough? When is it that we say the line is drawn here? We as a nation can no longer go this direction. And that's what I want to encourage us to do as Americans. Stay rooted in the truth. Keep that which makes us a free people free. Truth. Keep that truth in our families, in our individuals. This nation was founded by people that were called by God. Now, I'm not saying that everyone that signed the Declaration of Independence was great and wonderful Christians. I don't know. But I know there's many references as there is to God and His providence and His power that are throughout all of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence. They must have known something. 
And if there was objections, I am sure that God's references would not have been there. We know that this nation was founded by men who had faith in God, and I think that we need to re see a revival of that faith in God as Americans as well. What is our condition today? What is your condition as we sit here in our vehicles, or maybe you're watching on Facebook, or we'll watch later on. What is your condition? Are you free today? And I'm not talking about free as an American. I'm talking about are you free from the slavery of sin? Or are you still allowing yourself to be drug around, controlled by the lust, controlled by Satan, who wants to keep you wrapped up in sin, keep you wrapped up in anger, to keep you wrapped up in hate, so that you never have that peace. You'll never have that joy. All you'll have in your life is turmoil. If that's your condition this morning, you can change that. Because you have heard the cure for that. And that's the gospel. The Jesus Christ came that all those that believe and heard his word. And were willing to confess their faith in him as savior. Repent of their sins. Be willing to be buried with Him in baptism. Burying that old man. Raising that new creation. And at that point you've received the Holy Spirit inside of you. As a guide. You've also received forgiveness of sins. And then once you've raised up out of that watery grave. You walk forward faithful in freedom. Freedom that we all desire to have. And that's what God brought to each of us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now maybe you've taken those steps, but you realize, you know what? I have sat back and I have been too quiet. It's time for me to voice my opinion. I have pushed the Holy Spirit down in my life so that no one can really see those fruits of the Spirit being lived out in my life. I'm going to change that today. And I want to encourage you to do that. And grow fruit in your life. Let people see the effect of the Holy Spirit. Let people see the effect of the gospel in your life. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Uh, I surrender all. And that's what it talks about. We talk about being free. But before we can be free as Christians. Before we can be free as individuals. We first have to surrender ourselves to God. And I want to encourage you that if you have a decision to make today, get out of your vehicle and come up here. Social distancing is not going to separate you from accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're on the computer, on the Facebook or YouTube, and you have a decision you want to make, you get in contact with me, and if it's not feasible because of distance, you find the Bible, believe in church, you go to that minister, you contact them and tell them you want to accept Jesus Christ, that you want to accept the freedom that God provided through him. And I guarantee you, they will lead you to Christ. We're going to sing this hymn, so if you have a decision to make, would you come as we sing, I Surrender All.